There was once a time when St. John Bosco couldn't afford a decent chalice for mass at his oratory school for boys. One night, he was told during a dream that someone had placed a sufficient sum in his trunk. The next day, as he walked into town to take care of some business, the dream resurfaced in his mind, and he was so excited that he went back home to rummage through his trunk. He found eight lire, precisely the sum needed to buy the chalice. No stranger could have put it there because the chest was permanently closed. His mother Margaret had no money to make such surprises and was greatly astonished when she heard about it. This is just a small example of the authenticity and power of Don Bosco's visions sent by God, mostly while he was asleep, in the form of dreams. Visions in his life were abundant, but today we're going to examine one in particular, where Our Lady appeared and explained how we can know if we're on the path to heaven or hell. You're watching The Miracles and Prophecies of St. John Bosco, a project of America Needs Fatima. I'm your host, Matthew Miller. Don Bosco himself narrated the sequence of this incredible dream to members of his congregation and his antechamber, as he was accustomed to do from time to time. They included Fathers Vittorio Alassonati, Michele Rua, and others. After advising them about detachment from the world and their families to follow the example of our Lord Jesus Christ, he continued, I have told you about several dreams from which we can see how much our Blessed Mother loves and helps us. I'll tell you what the Blessed Mother deigned to show me so we can be sure the Virgin Mary desires our congregation, the Salesians, and to be encouraged to work for the greater glory of God. She wants us to place all our confidence in her. I'm speaking to you confidentially, but do not want you to tell others inside or outside the oratory to avoid malignant hearsay. One day in 1847, after I had meditated much on how to do good, especially for the youth, the Queen of Heaven appeared and led me to a lovely garden. There was a rustic but beautiful and vast porch in the shape of a vestibule. Climbing plants adorned and banded their pillars with branches very rich in leaves. Flowers stretched toward each other and intertwined, spreading a graceful veil over them. This entrance led us to a beautiful street on which a pavilion extended as far as the eye could see. It was lined and covered with wonderful rose bushes in full bloom. The ground, too, was covered with roses. The Blessed Virgin said to me, Take off your shoes. After I took them off, she added, Go ahead through the arbor. That's the way you must go. I was glad I laid down my shoes because I would have regretted stepping on those beautiful roses. As I began walking, I immediately felt those roses concealing very sharp thorns so my feet were bleeding. After a few steps, I had to turn back. Shoes are needed here, I said to my guide. It certainly takes good shoes, she replied. I put on my shoes and set out again on the path with several companions who had just appeared, asking to walk with me. They kept behind me under the arbor, which was incredibly broad, but appeared narrow and low as I advanced. Many branches came down and went back up like festoons. Others hung over the path, while still more formed a thicker hedge 
and encroached on the path or meandered a short distance above the ground, but they were all covered with roses. In fact, all I saw were roses on the sides, above, and before my steps. While still experiencing vivid pains in my feet and writhing, I touched roses here and there and felt even more prickly thorns hidden beneath them. At any rate, I went on. My legs got caught in branches lying on the ground, which wounded them. I removed a branch across my way and was pricked and bleeding in my hands and body. The hanging roses concealed a large number of thorns that stuck in my head. That notwithstanding, encouraged by the Blessed Virgin, I continued on my way. Yet sharper and more penetrating pricks caused painful spasms from time to time. Meanwhile, all those watching me walk through that arbor, and there were many, were saying, look how Don Bosco keeps walking on those roses so easily. Everything goes well for him. They didn't see the thorns lacerating my poor limbs. Enticed by the beauty of those flowers, many clerics, priests, and laypeople I invited started following me jubilantly. But when they realized they had to walk on prickly thorns sprouting from all sides, they began to cry out, We've been deceived! I replied, Let those hoping to walk delightfully on a bed of roses go back, but let the others follow me. Many turned back. Having walked a considerable distance, I turned to glance toward my companions. How great was my sorrow when I saw that part of them had disappeared. Others turned their backs on me and were walking away. I called them back, but to no avail. They didn't listen. I began to weep bitterly and complain, is it possible that I should have to travel all this difficult way alone? But I was quickly consoled as I saw advancing toward me a host of priests, clerics, and lay people who said, here we are, we're all yours, ready to follow you. I set out again, leading them. Only a few lost heart and stopped, but a large number reached the goal with me. Having walked the entire length of the pavilion, I found myself in another delightful garden where my few followers had surrounded me. They were all very much slimmed down, disheveled and bleeding. A cool breeze blew, however, and that breath healed them all. Another breeze blew, and as if by magic, I found myself surrounded by a huge number of young people and clerics lay helpers, and even priests who set to work with me, leading the youth. I knew many by their faces, but had still not met many others. Meanwhile, as I came to a high place in the garden, I saw before me a monumental edifice. Its artistic magnificence was astonishing. Crossing its threshold, I entered a very spacious hall so rich that no palace in the world can boast an equal one. It was all adorned with fresh and thornless roses emanating the most suave fragrance. The Blessed Virgin who had been my guide asked me, do you know the meaning of what you see and what you saw earlier? No, I answered, please explain it to me. Then she said, know that your path through roses and thorns signifies how you must take care of the youth. You must walk there with the shoes of mortification. The ground thorns represent sensible affections, 
human sympathies and antipathies that distract an educator from the right end, wound him, hold him back from his mission, and prevent him from proceeding and gathering crowns for eternal life. Roses symbolize the burning charity that must distinguish you and all your helpers. The thorns symbolize the obstacles, afflictions, and sorrows you will bear. But don't lose courage. With charity and mortification, you will overcome everything and reach the thornless roses. As soon as the Mother of God finished speaking, I came to my senses and was in my room. Don Bosco understood the dream, and through it, he saw very clearly the road he had to travel and the opposition and tricks that attempted to stop him. And although it was apparent that he had to go through many thorns, he was sure of God's will and that his great enterprise would be successful. The vision demonstrated how much importance Our Lady gave to St. John Bosco and that she would deign to appear to him, providing guidance for his great mission. If you'd like to see how God protected Don Bosco from the enemies of the church by providing a guardian angel dog, please click on the video above me here. Thank you so much for watching, and Godspeed. Ready to go?